You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Good morning, everybody. It's Annie here for Showreel, 3CR's look at the Australian film industry at with a, uh, an eye for all the various formats and all the various things that people do in the moving image area in Australia, big, small or in between. And today we are looking at a film called Film Kids. We're having a chat with Bernard Weber, who is the uh, uh, filmmaker who's made Film Kids. It's about um, a film within a film, as you'll hear from the discussion we have about it, St Edmund's Special Needs High School in Sydney. And uh, it, in fact, it took uh, uh, Bernard 12 years to make this film, to get it to finally this stage, and uh, it's going to be on SBS iView, so, uh, or On Demand, yeah, SBS On Demand, iView is ABC, isn't it? There you go, all the all the stuff that's happening in the uh, um, hemispheres out there, running parallel to Meat World, as they like to call it, isn't that it? really disgusting term. But anyway, um, before we get on with that, uh, an important announcement. The Melbourne Documentary Film Festival returns with a huge showcase of the most critically acclaimed documentaries from across the globe. Highlights include opening night film Eternal Spring, bringing to life an unprecedented story of defiance on the 20th anniversary of a TV station hijacking in China. Australia, my home, an Albanian migration, depicting the stories of three generations of Albanian migrants to Australia, and many more. July the 20th to the 31st at Cinema Nova, a 3CR supporter. And of course, Melbourne Documentary Film Festival... Festival has a uh, online existence as well. So if you were to go online, you would find that uh, there were access points to a lot of these documentaries there as well. But seeing it on a big screen and uh, with your compatriots, great way of d- looking at uh, the best documentaries around about Australian as well as international. And in fact, uh, I will be there on Saturday between three and uh, for the three uh, thirty session and the five thirty session as a mediator for uh, the first film is Tickety Boo, which is a film about uh, uh, the experience of a daughter of her father's fall into dementia, and it's a fascinating film. There are lots of different angles about uh, how you would look at that and what it means to a person who is 
in the window seat to someone else's uh, passing. Uh, the in the uh, in the evening be at uh, 5.30, I think it is, uh, will be the screening of A Certain Mother. And that's a fascinating film about uh, different experiences of motherhood, which is uh, a fascinating but often secret world. Uh, if you've ever been a person who's been pregnant and become a mother, you will know what that means, that there's this kind of weird um, uh, silence around the actual uh, experience of motherhood. Lots of, uh, you know, cheery, cheery, happy face crap, but uh, not much about the reality of uh, individual experiences. Uh, secret women's business. But this film is a fascinating uh, chat with different versions of experiences of motherhood uh, uh, from arranging from all of them. All of them ranging uh, has po- positive and uh uh, confronting and challenging aspects to it. So two of the films that are going to be on on Saturday at the Nova from the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. But there's plenty, plenty more. You should go online and have a look at the program. And as I said at the beginning of the program, we're going to be looking at Film Kids, which is going to be on SBS. Uh, Bernard Weber. Let's hear from Bernard. It's a great film, uh, Film Kids. Tell us about Thank how you. you... Yeah, tell us about how you came about making it. Uh, it's uh, fascinating to see uh, the um, subject of the rights of uh, differently abled children's a right to education. I guess the way to talk about it is in terms of sort of inclusive education versus special education. Well, that's what I've learned anyway. When I first went to this school, when I first sort of became familiar with people with intellectual disability... I quickly realized that, um, you know, the word segregation comes to mind. I've been living in my mainstream world. and I, I didn't know anyone with intellectual disability. I didn't know anyone with a real disability at all, physical or invisible. Um, so, you know, I, I, I had to learn quickly what is and what isn't and, and see my world differently because of this. And it, it's, it's changed me as a person fundamentally ever since. And having met the parents of these kids through making this film too um, has opened my eyes to a whole wider world which I was never aware of. And I don't think most people who live in the mainstream world are aware of. And so this is what I, this is how I see film kids, um, you know, improving things and things. Specifically speaking, I, I would call attitudinal barriers, because I think once um, you know a wider audience watches film kids, for instance, a film like Film Kids, um, and you know sees experiences the characters in the film for themselves, it, it'll it'll improve this idea of inclusion. It'll open people's minds and hopefully hearts as well to become more inclusive, less shy, less fearful, um, come to, um, you know, engage with these people with less prejudices um, and be more open and think, well, okay, so, you know, the kids of the film, they're teenagers. And what do teenagers do? They, they're, they're, you know, go through a huge change of life. They're going from childhood to adulthood. 
have hormones racing around and all of a sudden the opposite sex is becoming appealing. All these things still exist for kids with intellectual disability as much as they do with their mainstream counterpart. Most people probably don't even think about that. One of the things that was so fascinating about this film was uh, the way the teachers really enjoyed their work. <laughs> they really liked being with these people. They did. They did. And I've often heard the parents say, you know, when I was interviewing, the, the, the teachers must love these kids because I don't think they could do what they do as well as they do uh, if they didn't. Um, the, and it's, 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 you know, this is an interesting topic when it comes to teachers, teacher training and how teachers are prepared to deal with kids of all abilities. Because, um, you know, there's a real cohort of um, disability advocates who wish to see the education system transition to a more inclusive education model. And that essentially means that um, kids of all abilities are in the same classroom doing the same abilities. Now that the teachers have met at this school, um, St Edmunds in Sydney, special needs high school, um, the teachers um, went through teacher training, which is a four-year degree, at least in New South Wales. Um, and it's likely that only one of the semesters that the teachers um, uh, had during that teacher training was to do with special education and inclusive education. So... I think, if I recall correctly, a lot of the teachers did extra units of special education which prepared them to deal with kids with special needs. Um, and in addition to that, you know, I'm, I was talking to Kathy, the principal of the school, about what she's looking for in a teacher, a candidate for, for her, her, her school. And... I remember her saying, you know, they do teacher training and, you know, I take that for granted. What I'm looking for is a problem solver. A teacher needs to be a problem solver and they need to be able to perform to a certain degree to engage the kids and find ways to engage the kids and teach the kids if the kids aren't responding uh, to the lesson um, in a way that's going to benefit the child. And remember, she also pointed out they're generally pastorally caring people, these teachers. They choose this vocation. They don't tend to fall into it. So there are many things that, there are many attributes and qualities that the teachers inherently ought to have to, um, to do well in, in this, this teaching environment. That sort of attitude of problem solving also goes towards innovation and this project, because we're watching a film called Film Kids and it's about a film within a film, a project, a filmmaking project within a, uh, within a film where the school is approached to make uh, short films with the kids based on stories and experiences of the kids themselves. So that means that the school itself is highly attuned to innovative processes, isn't it? 
Yes, and I would also put that down to the principal of the school. Uh, I would give um, Kathy, the principal, or the principal at the time, um, credit for that. Um, she even says in the film, you know, well, I, I like anything that takes it out of the ordinary. Um, she also talks about, you know, wanting to give the kids experiences that they're probably not going to find anywhere else. So when, a, when an opportunity like, like this to make some short films that the kids wrote and starred in, uh, she wouldn't pass it up at all. She, she embraces those sort of golden opportunities for kids. So how did you approach this? Because, as I said, it's a film within a film. So how did you approach it? <laughs> how did I approach it? Excellent question. Um, in the, the shorter answer is it kind of just, it kind of happened to me and the whole thing kind of happened to me and um, I wasn't looking for a project like this as a filmmaker. Um you know, an old colleague of mine from TV days, and I've got a background in, in editing on TV, um, crossed paths with me in the streets where I lived many, many years ago and said, hey, I know somebody's looking for, for a person like you, meaning a video editor. And that was Jill, who's in the film. And um, she said, look, this lady's heading up this community project um, and she's looking for a volunteer editor can I put your name forward? And I immediately got a good feeling about this project. It was a, a real instant gut feeling. And before I knew it, I could hear the words out of my mouth saying, you know, sure, put my name forward. Um, so I met Jill. Jill isn't, isn't a filmmaker per se, uh, more, of a, more, more of an entrepreneur. Um, so she didn't have much experience in post-production. So I took on that, that responsibility myself. So I was putting together a bit of a plan about how we were going to finish these films with no money, community project, everyone was volunteering their time and resources. And as I was putting together that plan, this good gut feeling about this project and merit of it continued to grow. And out of that came my idea for, gee, wouldn't it be great if we had a, a making of how these kids uh, made these films, the, the kids going through this filmmaking journey. So at the end of it, we have a, have the story of how the films got made, as well as the short films themselves, which is the end product. So I pitched this to Jill, and she said, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. And then, you know, Jill had recruited or enlisted other freelancers like myself, and we had our first production meeting. I pitched this idea to the group. We'd worked out how we were going to shoot these films and who was going to do what and what resources they were going to bring. And we were all, you know, our plates were full with our own responsibilities. So the idea that I pitched went no further. It was about to die. But by the end of this production meeting, there was a real buzz about it. It's like we could see how we could do this, and it was becoming exciting. And I think everyone was invested in the social justice aspect of this project. It was a, it was a good project, a worthwhile project, and it had a huge potential to actually do good. And that, that, that was a real plus. And that certainly turns me on. So before everyone walked out the door, I threw, threw up my hand and said, you know what, this opportunity is too good to pass up. I'm going to shoot behind the scenes. And, I, I, and you see, 
And the thing is, I'd only just recently bought myself a high-definition video camera. Um, and this was, you know, 11, 12 years ago. And the high-definition video cameras weren't as ubiquitous as they are now. Everyone has one on their phone, but they didn't back then. So I knew, well, I've at least got the basics to do something which is hopefully broadcastable. And I had no idea what to expect. Didn't know about school, didn't know about kids, didn't know about teachers. I had no experience with disability since I was in primary school, let's say. So it was like a real adventure. I just had to jump in and just, I trusted this gut feeling. And I went with it. Hi, my name is Rolf De Heer. I don't live in Melbourne. I live across the water in Tasmania. But if I did live in Melbourne, my number one radio station would be 3CR because it's about community and community matters. Get your free ticket to the upcoming Forum for Dwelling Justice, an activist-driven event featuring speakers including Senator Lydia Thorpe, Debbie Kilroy, Rouge Amity, Whit Gari, and more. The forum brings together grassroots activists and campaign groups to strengthen solidarity movements resisting ongoing colonial dispossession, housing injustice, incarceration, and poverty. The forum ends with film screenings and a discussion between Uncle Larry Walsh, the filmmakers, and guests with lived experience of homelessness, displacement, squatting, and public housing. The event will run from 1 to 7 p.m. on Friday, the 26th of August at the Capitol Theatre, 113 Swanson Street, Narn. Entries by donation. Join us to identify the radical potential for resistance to dispossession and displacement in Narn. To register, head to cur.org.au forward slash events or check the 3CR website for details. The Forum for Dwelling Justice is brought to you by RMIT's Centre for Urban Research a 3CR supporter. And you're with Annie on Showreel on 3CR and we're having a chat with Bernard Weber about his film Film Kids, which is all about uh, St Edmund's Special Needs High School, Sydney, where they're making a film and uh, Bernard decided he was going to make a film of them making a film. But it's, it's very personable. I mean, the kids themselves have got all got such uh, delightful personalities, I'll have to say. Oh, they do. They do. I, I felt so blessed to have access to the school, for instance, because most people who have access to a school like this are directly connected to the school, their parents or their carers. So I had access to the school, and when you talk about the kids... I had a wonderful experience going to this school. I had such a wonderful experience, not just because of the kids, but because of the culture that the principal created, where the teachers all worked together to benefit each child in the school. There was lots of communication between the parents of the kids with Kathy, the principal, who then had regular conversation with her teaching staff about what where the kids are at, what their needs are at the moment. All the teachers were aware of this and each day, day in, day out, the teachers were consistent with their with their care and messaging and communication with the kids. So that all across the school the kids have had a consistent 
um, care, um, a, a consistent um, pedagogy um, day in, day out. And that's unique in for, for, for any school, I would say, regardless of yeah. mainstream or special. I... I I found the school so wonderful. I wish I had gone to a school like this. Yeah, I, I was going to say, uh, you spoke to the uh, parents, a, a, a cohort of parents, and they all expressed that they'd um, tried, they were very dedicated parents, and they had tried desperately to find a good place for their child to go to. And then they found this this school, which uh, fitted, ticked all the boxes. Uh, they, they weren't actually fans of integrating. They thought that this school was a better result, a uh, better outcome for their kids. Agreed. They yes, they yes, and it's in the film. You know, they they, they expressed the relief. They they felt genuine relief. They felt that they found a school like St Edmunds, and not all special schools are like this. I might say. So St Edmunds is is. Uh, from what I've heard from the parents, is is kind of what what parents call the sweet spot. Yeah, it should be the template, really, because I mean, some of the parents were talking about. I mean, they were fierce p parents, uh, and they were weren't saying that uh, sometimes their child had done well at an ordinary school, but after a while was being sidelined because not because they weren't welcoming, but because they just didn't have the resources to help that child to develop themselves. Uh, yeah, and it's both tangible resources and intangible resources. Like, you know, the intangible, you know, I'm referring to sort of attitudes. Um, and again, I remember the principal telling me that, you know, in a mainstream setting, uh, it can be very difficult for a teacher with a class of 30 students to be able to adapt the curriculum or the program to um, kids who have special needs um, whilst dealing with kids who are, you know, very capable, academically speaking. Um, but, you know, I've, I've also thought about this a lot. I've reflected on this a lot, especially this end of, well, at, at this end of this, this project. And what I've seen um, in high school especially is that there are two big sides to it. There's the academic side, which is the learning, of course, but then there's also the social aspect. And I think that, well, they're equally important in my mind. A social aspect is kids want to feel like they have friends. They have peers, but they have friends. And they want to be included. They want to have the social networks. And they want to have friends outside of school as well as inside school. Because if you're isolated or you're bullied, School is traumatic. Teenagers can be, you know, not so nice people. But when you actually find your flock and you click, then you, 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 you belong. You find a place that is yours. And that makes an enormous difference in everyone's life, whether you're a child or an adult, whatever. Um, well, that was a quotable quote, wasn't it? Uh, these kids don't think that they're different. They think they're normal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of the parents does, does say that. And yeah, I, I've seen it firsthand. I know exactly what she was referring to, and that's in the film. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, also, the um, kids learning to make their own films was very uh, was terrific too because it made them the stars. 
You know, I, I, it made mm. me it made me think about how important that technology is in people's self reflection. Actually, it was an interesting um, idea. The idea of a film within a film and the kids being so enthusiastic about making a film because it makes them the stars. Uh, it does make them stars. It gives this this documentary is a platform for them. Making the films was an experience for them, and the kids writing the stories gives them voice, a voice that they probably wouldn't have otherwise. So, you know, and filmmaking as an art form is all about expressing the inexpressible. It's about social commentary. It's about the human experience. It's it's how we learn and evolve. It's This is the benefit of culture, and these kids have participated in culture, and it's probably a rare opportunity for them. So, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful project for them, and I hope they go on to... to produce more culture like this. Um, you know, I, I looked at documentaries on disability as I was making this. So I was looking for tropes and successful structures that that work well. And I didn't find a documentary like this in my travels. So I feel like I, you know, to a large extent had to invent this wheel. And um, it was a real challenge in including all these characters in the film in a narrative which is going to be engaging and entertaining and insightful. And that's my aim as a filmmaker. Yeah, well, it's interesting because you've got setups, you've got setup scenes, but you've also got free fall uh, uh, shots, like walking through the corridors was really interesting. I that yeah, was it's, 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 it's very verite, and that, that's how the whole project began. Mm. I was truly a fly on the wall. I had a rare access to a special needs high school and everything that goes on in it. And um, I'm delighted that's on the screen because most people who don't have connection with disability would have no idea what goes on in a, in a school like this. So where is um, uh, Film Kids going to be shown? Because, I mean, I got to... See it, which was great, but where's it going to be shown? <laughs> yes, you did. I'm pleased you did, Annie. Um, Film Kids is screening on SBS uh, from August 2. So it'll be on estimate, SBS On Demand. Um, it'll be broadcast August 2, um, morning television at, at um, 09.50 a.m., but it'll be on streaming on SBS On Demand. And... Um, I hope it travels far and wide from there. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad glad it's getting uh, some uh, uh, proper exposure because it's actually highly enlightening, I'd have to say. Well, agreed. I'm pleased you, you feel that. And I'm keen to see how audiences, both mainstream and those in the disability space, respond and connect with this film. And uh, that's it for Showreel this morning. Uh, Bernard Weber, Film Kids. You can get it on SBS On Demand. Very interesting film. Coming up next is Published or Not, and we'll go out with Only Breathing from by Paula Bears. Mm-hmm.
underneath a tree Well my heart lies bleeding Therefore Anthony See the clouds roll by I wanna take a ride Neat the shadow of a tree is where my sadness lies Is there ever gonna be a way to say my last farewell Will there ever be a way for me to tell Is there ever gonna be a way to say my last farewell Will there ever be a way for me to tell Wash the earth Wash away your life The struggles and the hurt Though the rain falls down Won't fade your memory Stevie, Jimmy, Muddy Waters Bring you back to me listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.